Welcome, welcome, guys, to Cut the Curve, Episode 8, where I interview moguls, mentors, and entrepreneurs. And today, I welcome Tino Luna. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having great me Great to on. have you here, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yes, yes. So, Tino and I have known each other since probably the pandemic, back yeah. when I was at Cody Sperber's office. You were working with Pace Morby, and was. we got a chance to meet out here in Arizona. So, um Tino has been in the game now for since 2018, but the interesting thing is he didn't get his first deal till 2020, but uh, that is a lot of persistence. We were talking about how he stuck to it, and now he's crushing it out here in Arizona. Um, Tino, um, were you always an entrepreneur, or what was kind of the backstory? I know you mentioned you were an athlete through high school and college. Yeah, so kind of a short synopsis of like me in, in the uh, in a bottle, if you will. Grew up in Los Angeles, played baseball my whole life. Baseball was always a big factor in my life just because, like I said, we come from a humble beginning and that was kind of my ticket to college. And so ended up going to school, got into Amway. I was recruited by... Uh, in college? Yeah, it was actually recruited by a baseball player who, I don't know how he got recruited, but I was introduced to Amway and the idea of like, bettering yourself and having your own business for you guys who don't know what amway is it's a one of the largest multi-level marketing programs at least at that time it was i haven't heard about it now but it's very much about self-development yes it's and uh so i got into the amway system and started reading books and before that i just assumed that i was going to get a nursing degree and it was a good living like i made seventy thousand dollars a year and i I thought that that was going to be me until i retired and then once I saw Amway, I was like, oh, man, there's a whole other life out there that I never understood. So you got the nursing degree. You started working as a nurse? Yeah. So uh, graduated, started working as a nurse. I walked away from the Amway business. I did really well. But there's like different trees within the Amway business, if you will, different sectors. And so the one that I was with, it wasn't too crazy about the way that they were doing things. So I walked away, became a nurse. Were you making money through Amway? I was. I was a platinum Wow. So, wow. So is that where you were making 70,000? Uh, I was making residuals like $7,500 a month and I had a team of like 60 people. So you, from that experience, uh, Tino, you built, you learned how to build teams and systems. Yeah. I learned that's critical in the real estate business guy. You, you oh, can't yeah. do it on your own. I learned how to recruit and I learned to look for personalities that were similar to mine that were go-getter. Uh, personalities, right? And so that helps when you start your own business and start recruiting people. But um, then I became a nurse for five years, worked all over. Um, and then I saw a Cody Sperber ad. And I had, before, even before I saw that ad, I was... Were you happy as a nurse? I was happy, but I just wasn't happy that I didn't control my time. Gotcha. gotcha. So I, I'm a big family person. At the time I had one uh, one boy, he was like seven and the idea of having to ask for like time off for holidays. And then also, um, the money was an issue too. Like I made good money, but it wasn't yeah, like, cause mo- I mean, 70 or whatever nurses started. Yeah. I mean, that nurses make, when I walked away, I was making like $45 an hour, which was pretty good. Yes, absolutely. But, um, but it, yeah, it just wasn't like, your fit lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's kind of why I got into real estate because I wanted to raise my kids, coach them, volunteer at their school. Yeah. Now I know you have the two and a half year old uh, baby boy. So yeah. like 
if you're a nurse, you, you can't say, I want to go coach three times a week. They'll be like, you have to work. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I started looking into stuff like crypto. I, we had money that I poured into crypto and I lost. And so when I ran into real estate... And this was, when did you see uh, Cody Spur? If you guys don't know him, he's a longtime friend here in Chandler. And uh, he got in the game early. So he was a master at uh, Facebook and uh, click funnels. And his ads are, were all over back then and they're still all over. Yeah, he's one of the goats as we call yes. him. But, um, yeah, I ended up running into his ad on Facebook and then... I bought his basic course, which was just like understanding wholesaling. And once I understood it and had a grasp of it, like, oh, I'm really only flipping paper. Then I was like, okay, this is what I want to do forever. And, and I'm going to just figure it out until I do well at it. And I'm not going to change my course at all. What and did you pay for that course? I think it was like $9.97 or $5.97. It wasn't super expensive. At the time, I thought it was expensive. Right, Because right. I had never paid for coaching or anything uh -huh. like that. So I was like, man, this is a big investment. And I bought it and went through all the modules. And uh, and then he d we did talk a little bit about coaching with Cody. Uh-huh. And at the time, it was it was more expensive than I wanted to pay. Or my mindset just wasn't Was there, there. some fear there about like investing in yourself or like trusting Cody as a coach or like trusting that it's going to work or what was kind of holding you back? I think it's more mental than anything because of my background. Love my parents are hardworking people. I wouldn't be here without them, but I was instilled with like, don't ever pay people to coach you because it's a scam. And mm. so like I was hesitant for that reason. Now looking back four years later, I probably should have just paid for it and it would have cut my curve. Cut the curve. Right. Yeah. But, um, I, at the time, I, I was skeptical, so I was like, no, you know what? I'll just go do it myself. And so I went out and knocked doors for... And that was for, 2018, right? It was November of 2018. Okay. Uh, started knocking doors, and I came close on a few deals. Like, I would contract deals, but I wouldn't cash out on them. Gotcha, gotcha. And so I don't know if I was locking them up too high or just didn't have enough buyers. But you were using his um, course, that information, and taking it out and applying it, which is... Right which is awesome, but the, the step I think you were missing and you could tell me was that you didn't have anyone backing you, holding you accountable. Like what, do you, what happens when this messes up or what do we do? And Right. I didn't have somebody, and I'm the type of person that like if you go and show me the process once, hold me by the hand, I can repeat the process. But I didn't have anybody to actually physically hold my hand. And so that's where I was And that's all it takes, guys. That first deal, once you did the first deal, I'm, I'm sure it just opened the floodgates. It was like proof of concept. And then before that... But you struggled. You struggled for like... A, 18 uh, months. Dang. 18 months. But and you it was, stuck through it. That's cool. I did, yeah. And so I, I had a lot of support from my wife. She's an amazing, amazing... My wife, Amber. Um, it was emotional because like I would contract... Like I would contract deals and I'd be like, man, I think this is going to be worth like ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. And to me back then, that was like life-changing money. For sure. And so yeah. I would come home and I'd be all excited and I'd show her the contract and I'd be like, this is it, babe. Like we're going to make it. And then like that fell through and then another one fell through. So she, she was more patient than she probably should have been, but um, I'm glad. That's I'm glad awesome. You through. had someone at home like, <laughs> hey, you could do this. Like, yeah. cause that's 
all we need is someone to believe in us. And once, I mean, sometimes in the beginning, you don't believe in yourself. You just don't, whether it's your background, your history. But if someone believes in you, like a coach, like a spouse, it makes life much easier. Oh, 100%. And that's really what kept me going. And, and I think a little bit of stubbornness of like, I made a promise to myself when I found out that what wholesaling was at its core that this was going to be the vehicle that was going to change my life. And so a mixture of support and stubborn and, um, and yeah, 18 months later. And then you started networking, I, I noticed, because you reached out to me probably in 2020, I think mm -hmm. you came by. I was at Cody's office there in Tempe, Arizona, and you knocked on my door. So you were, you're knocking on people's door that ha have been doing deals. Yeah. And that's a big part of the, the business too. And like when I started in 2018, we didn't have this many meetups. Like now everybody has a meetup yep. and it's awesome. I love it. But back then it was like you either paid for uh, a program and then everybody, you know, like Cody would host a quarterly uh, meetup mm -hmm. that you paid for. But now there's so many meetups. And so you just go network and, and that's find big. people. That's great advice for people watching that want to get in. Like check out your local meetups, check out like, it's a lot of them are free to go to mm -hmm. and you just meet people that are doing deals and learn too from those meetups. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the, yeah, you learn from the meetups, but you just, you, you get people's numbers and you, the biggest thing is bringing them value. Like hundred percent. Everyone on my podcast has talked about someone new. You have to bring value because right. we're already doing deals. We don't really no offense, but yes. like we don't need someone that's new that, you know, they have to bring value. hundred percent. And I, and I get it. I'm sure you get it all the time where people will be like, Hey, can I, can I take you out to lunch? Can I pick your brain? Oh my God. I hate that question. Oh my gosh. It's like, dude, if I want to get my own lunch, I can pay for my, my own lunch, lunch is too expensive. <laughs> We're going to stay 44. Exactly. I, I don't eat lunch. Seriously. A lot of times I'm just going, going and like, it's just, there's better ways guys to, if you want to meet Tino, Brent, whoever, I mean, there's myself, there's a lot better ways. No one's picking anyone's brain. Yeah, like perfect example, Flip, you're an amazing buyer in Arizona. You have Airbnbs. You don't have the time to go source some of your own deals though, right? You're right. busy. You're a busy guy. If you're a newbie, go to Flip, tell him, hey, what are you looking for specifically? And then you have the time. You don't have the money. You don't have the education, but you can leverage your time to go find Flip deals you sell him a deal oh and he goodness. may, and he may pour. I would you. be so impressed if someone knocked on my door because that's what I did in the beginning. I knocked on yeah. people that I wanted to be like their door and asked them if I could help or bring them some value. But 100%. like, there's not enough of that. Like I get like DMS on my Instagram. Can we add you to my buyers list? I'm like, uh, like I, I'm not going to look at it. Yeah, like, exactly. There's gotta be a better way, a better catch to approach people already doing it. And like you said, hey, can I come by your office and you know meet with you for 10 minutes? 10 minutes turns into a half hour. Like, yeah, yeah. 100%. It opens doors when you personally reach out to people that, like Pace always used to say, people wanna work with people they know and like. So right. it's so true. 100%. So yeah, that's, that's like the biggest advice I would give is just like I'd love figure that. out how to bring value to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it is, you could reach out. It's so amazing nowadays, Tino, with social media because you could instantly reach out to whoever you want to uh, be in contact with. They may not hit you up that week, that month, but if you stay in touch, stay persistent, 
figure out a tricky way in the door just to add some sort of value, they're going to meet with you. Right, exactly. And then the number one thing in like wholesaling is persistence. And, and like being just in success in general, like if you just never give up, like if this is really truly something you want to do, and whether that's getting a hold of flip or, or doing wholesaling, it's just, it's just being persistent, you know? That, that, that is key, and we all have fears, so you have to figure out what's holding you back, you know, because we'll make up excuses, limiting beliefs, you know, I have a family, I have to pay the bill. I mean, there's, which is valid, but if you really want to do something, you have to step into it and make it happen because 100%. no one's going to wake you up and say, hey, Tino, get out there and door knock. <laughs> right, like, exactly. It's not going to happen. Exactly. So you, so. you really got to want to do it. So after that 18 months, um, I remember when I first met you, you were working with Pace Morby. I was, yeah. He hired you on, or how did you find about his job opportunity? So I actually, it's funny that we were talking about this topic of bringing value. When I was door knocking, I had a few contracts that fell through, but I went to one of Pace Morby's meetups that was, he was talking about creative finance. And I didn't understand creative finance at the time, but I, I kept rapport with those sellers that I had to cancel on. And I thought, okay, maybe they weren't a good cash deal, but if I bring them to Pace, maybe he can close on it. So I ended up reaching out to him on his DMs and said, hey, I have a couple sellers that I converted back in the day. They don't work as cash. Can you come close them as creative? I don't want to make anything on it. I just want to see you do it, if that's okay. Uh -huh. And he was like, yeah, of course, but I'm going to pay you. Like, if these end up being deals. And so we worked a couple of those together. But that's value. That's something that not everyone's going to trust in themselves enough to say. And it wasn't about the money for you either. It was about probably getting to meet Pace, getting to know him, yeah. see what he's doing. Get around him. Yep. Like, let Watch him work, learn. Like, it was a learning process. For you guys that don't know Pace, Pace Morby is with Jamil now. They do an A&E show. A couple killers in Arizona throughout the country. I mean, those guys are they doing crush. amazing things. Yeah. So and that so, must have been quite uh, the experience, not only to be around him, but then you eventually started working for him, right? Yeah, so that led into a ride-along, and then during the ride-along, we kind of just talked, and he was like, hey, why don't you come work for me for a little while? And so at that time, it was Cody and Pace doing tons of deals. They are crushing it. Not Cody Sperber, Cody. Uh, Cody Barton. Barton, okay. Cody gotcha. Barton and Pace were together. They, they were doing deals together, and then I was the first acquisition hire that, that stuck around for a long period of time. And then I ended up uh, almost becoming like a sales manager. So I went out and built, uh, brought on some people and trained them and- um, And that, did that help back in the Amway business, learning the self-development and learning how to build teams? Did that translate to what you ended up doing with Pace? It did, yeah. I mean, I was looking for certain personalities and I was blessed with the fact that Pace had a lot of people reaching out to him already, yep. asking to work for him. So he would direct them over to me, and I, this sounds bad, but I would purposely ignore them to see which ones would actually follow up with me and say, hey, I reached out to you a week That's ago. That's so big. Yeah. Follow up, and it goes back to that number one thing you were mentioning, persistence. Right? Yeah, and so I would ghost them, and they would follow up, and one guy actually, crazy story, I ghosted him for so long that he ended up skip tracing uh, my address, called me, and pretended to try and buy my house 
And I go, you're pretty good. Like, uh, who do you work for? And he's like, actually, I've been trying to work for you, but you never call me back. And so I <laughs> ended up hiring crazy. him. I ended up hiring <laughs> that's him. Cre- that's a creative way like you did with Pace to provide value. Because yeah. It's outside the box. Yeah. Like most true. people like, oh, he, he's ghosting me. I'll, I'll try somewhere else. But yeah. if they really want it. Exactly. And that was my way of like weeding people out. Like I, f- I figured if you couldn't, if you weren't persistent enough to follow up about a, a position that you want, you're probably not persistent enough to follow up with sellers to close deals. Because let's face it, it's not an easy business. Wholesaling is hard, but if you get the systems, get the right people in place, it makes it much easier, the process. Oh my gosh, so much easier. I say this a lot. It's not not a hard business to understand. It's a very simple business, but it's a very hard business to work, especially if you're direct to seller because it's talking to a lot of people, hearing no all day, you have to perfect. The better you are at sales, the better you'll convert. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's very mind-numbing sometimes, and if you don't have the mental fortitude for it, direct-to-seller is not for a lot of people. Yeah. You know? So persistence and grit is one of the – those are the two things that you Because let's face it, you may not get paid for – 18 months, <laughs> right? Like hopefully like, not. Hopefully, hopefully you can that is not your experience out there, guys, when you start wholesaling. But it, it's so interesting, the concept, once you open the door, guys, once you do your first Airbnb, you get your second, third, it gets, it's just opening that door makes life, it just expands from there. Yep. It's that proof of concept. Once proof you do of concept, one, belief, too, that, yeah. hey, I could do this. Yeah, 100%. So... That's the one, like, I, I always tell this to people, if you can, if you can afford to pay for coaching, which some, you know, there's price ranges on different programs, but either way, like, if you're looking to get into something and you're really, truly devoted and you believe in yourself, step one is believing in yourself. 100%. Having the, the true uh, confidence that you can perform, but two, find a coach, find somebody that's doing it at a high level and get in their world. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It, it's... It's so simple, but I think people make it hard in their brain. Like, oh, he's not going to want to talk to me. Or, right. But you have to approach that mentor, that person, because guess what? You're going to have to sell yourself all the time, no matter what you do. Like, 100%. So. And what you're paying for in a coach is the 18 months that I struggled, right? So like, if I don't have a coaching program yet. I'm, I'm assuming one day I will. We do. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, but like... <laughs> You're paying for cutting the curve. You're paying for all the failures that they went through, and they're going to save you all the time and the headache and the failures to get you straight into producing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could translate, like, I'm sure you had baseball coaches growing up, whatever sport you played, you all, whether you're a pitcher, you're, like, you have outfielder coaches, like, you have coaches, mentors, and it's the same thing in the business world. I have coaches, mentors that work with me now, and it, it just makes life that much easier. 100%. Yeah, because like you said, we, I've been through, you know, 23 years and I've experienced pretty much A to Z as far as fires, blow ups. How do you put them out? What do you do? Yeah. Like you can't crumble. You just got to figure and them the, out. And the awesome thing with you is you've also seen the recessions. Yeah. So like right now, everyone's kind of like up and they're just nervous. Yeah. I talked to Templeton earlier, and he's awesome, and he gave me his insight. And so I'm trying to pick brains of people that are smarter than me while also providing value, right? But um, you've weathered the storms. 
And I wouldn't have without my mentor, Jerry, like he had been through three recessions prior to the financial collapse. So he's now in his 80s, but um, him and I owned a ton of property together. I mean, still, there was many sleepless nights because we lost, I'd say, almost everything. <laughs> but like just having him there with me, like he's a man of faith, man of God. So just, I mean, you, you don't know what to do when your world just stops and you lose everything. Yeah. Like, and I went through a divorce that time. I mean, th that was literally the hardest part of my life. So if I could give you guys any advice, it would be definitely surround yourself with mentors, whether it's business, you know, church, whatever. You, you, mentors can change your life instead of you trying to figure out yourself or me. They've been through stuff. Yeah. Hey guys, quick announcement. I just launched my new Passive Income Accelerator course. In this course, you'll learn how I built my Airbnb portfolio to 10 properties and growing while amassing three to $5,000 per property per month. If you wanna learn more, go to piaaccelerator.com slash go and sign up for the early bird special. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, so. and you're a man of faith, so you'll appreciate this. Like, uh, what God likes community, right? So like when, uh, I don't know if this is gonna be controversial, but like when uh, the enemy's attacking you, what the enemy wants you to do is go into seclusion by yourself, Shh. right? Yeah. And so when things are getting rough, the more you can gather around like-minded people that are at the same level or higher, you're gonna survive that storm a lot better. Yeah, yeah, because so. I've shut down a few times and that's because I didn't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know you have a problem, when you're like, oh, I could do it myself. And then you totally avoid everything. You have that avoidance and yeah. it doesn't get better unless you work on it getting better. That's yeah. just how life is. And 100%. And we're, we're hit with challenges all day in real estate. I mean, deals blow up. Now we got a um, recession, which I'm seeing as an opportunity right now, um, especially with the Airbnb and what we do, because um, we don't have to pay like deep wholesale, but it's helping me get better buys right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you're loving it right now because what we're seeing on the wholesale side is Two months ago, we, not that we do this, but we saw wholesalers, we call them baby wholesalers, locking up project, uh, properties at like 80% of ARV, and then they would sell it to a hedge fund at 90% of ARV. That's great, but now the hedge funds are not buying like they used to. So a lot of wholesalers- So 80%, Tino, for people that don't, ARV is um, after repair value. So right. say a property's worth, um, a hundred thousand, they were paying eighty thousand, right? Yeah, they were paying eighty thousand, and then the hedge fund would come in and close at ninety thousand. Okay. You know this from being in the game so long. Back when I started in twenty twenty or twenty eighteen, if a property is worth a hundred thousand dollars, you have to buy that like sixty, sixty five, seventy thousand dollars yep. to sell it. And so now we're re we're going back to those times where buyers are like putting their hands up, like I'm not buying right now because we don't have enough data but I will buy it if it's 65 cents on the dollar because I'm safe. I know I'm safe. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of turmoil in the air right now, and I think 
Is that because of, well, inflation, the media, people buy into a lot of that? And yeah. They're scared, they're, scared, they're scared right now because what's going on, I'm sure. And there's uncertainty too, right? We yeah. don't know. Like you could talk to the smartest economist and there's still a lot of uncertainty with there's, there's so I think that's the biggest thing is it's the uncertainty. Like we saw that inflation's at 9.1%, right? So... Now we're like, okay, are the feds going to increase the rates again? Uh, we don't know. But flippers are holding back because they don't have enough data to say, okay, well, what are these inflations? What are these um, interest rates doing to the comps? Because mm -hmm. it hasn't been here long enough. Right, right. So um, that's why everyone's kind of like on hold. And so, yeah, that'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens. I mean, I could give you guys an example of one Tino in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was going to pick up for Airbnb. We don't have anything right now in Scottsdale, but my buddy Nick, he came to me, it was his grandma's house. And um, at the time prior to leaving in, um, let's see, we went to Coronado in June. So like a few weeks before that, he's like, <clears throat> you know, this home is 750. He showed me all the data. I'm like, that makes sense. I see it. About a week later, four homes, in that same little pocket get listed for like $100,000 less. Oh. So I was almost ready to, um, him and I were putting the, the paperwork together before Coronado. I didn't, and like a week later, like I said, the market in that little pocket, they put those homes for sale. And so it, it changes. changes everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it changes your comps and so, um, because like you have um, a number of deals, I know, locked in. Mm -hmm. So under we have contract. eleven. We have eleven in escrow right now. Some of them were going to hedge funds. They are no longer going to hedge funds. But we buy a lot of our stuff fifty percent of ARV. So that's amazing. Um, First of all, that's yeah. Thank you. We're doing a lot of pre foreclosure, probate, um, tax liens, list pendants. So like we do go after a very niche list which allows us to get deals deep. Um, so we're okay right now. We're not Right, because gonna... I was going to ask you, like, if some wholesalers I know right now will are going back to the sellers and asking them for a better discount reduction. than their reduction. Yeah. Have you guys had to do that yet? or? Thankfully, we haven't. And we, uh, we try not to ever do that. Obviously, if the market shifts and you're, you can't sell the house and you have to, but we usually try and get it pretty deep off the jump um, just because we know that's going to maximize our profits. I mean, two months ago, we were buying them at 50% ARV, selling them at 90% ARV. So we were making really good money. Yeah, your spreads. Um, they were awesome. So we just kept doing what we were doing. And uh, thank God that like now that the market has shifted, everyone's like, oh, is it going to shift? Like it's already shifted. Um, we're still in a good spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, in regards to real estate in general, Tino, there's so many different niches. You mentioned your your niche as far as what you attack in wholesale. With real estate, they could do people could do land, they could do fix and flip, they could do wholesale, Airbnb, which we love right now. Yeah. Um, like how how did you decide? I know you saw Cody's ad, but what would you recommend new people? just wanting to get into the real estate investment end of the game? 
So uh, my like my preach is always I, I'm glad that I learned wholesale first and I'm glad that I learned sales first because I will always be able to source my own deals. Now that and I that's can, big. Yeah, and now, now that I can source my own deals at 50% of ARV, well, so out of the 11 that we have in, in escrow, two of them we may take down ourselves and just hold as either Airbnbs or rentals because we do buy them so deep. So my recommendation is always like, and I'm biased because I learned wholesale first, but I think you learn wholesale first, learn sales first, and then it's kind of like a graduation process into, okay, now I know how to source the deal, I can maximize it and do a flip on it, I can maximize it and flip it and then sell it to myself and burr, I can- A lot of different options when you control the property. Exactly, So and so that's always my recommendation, but you have a great program. There's a lot of great programs out there where if that's like your niche that you want to start out on, then then I would go for it. Yeah, know? definitely. And whatever you do, guys, I would give yourself at least a year to really dig deep into it. Don't You're going to get discouraged, right? Everyone in the beginning, I've been discouraged. You, I'm sure you go home at nights when you first started. You're like, ah, oh, that deal was, I thought I had this. And oh. You know, you're this close. It just seems like that happens. And then all of a sudden you hit that one. I'm sure you'll, you'll always remember your very first wholesale. Deal. I do. Yeah. I even remember. I can't remember the exact address, but I can tell you how to drive there right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just being, it's just being patient. Um, and then the first year, there's one of two ways you can do it. You can either go get in somebody's world and work for them and learn, which a lot of people do. Um, or two, you pay for the mentorship, you know, and, yeah. and get somebody to pour into you for the year, do a couple deals. Um, I would continue to always pay for a mentor. Like you pay for higher level mentors than I do. Like I would, I want to pay for somebody's time to sit down and, and coach me as well. And so, um, number one is like always, always investing in yourself. And always bet on yourself. I know it's hard when you just start out to, you're like, I've never done this, but like if, for me, it's just, if you have that self-motivation drive, you could figure it out. Well, you could help yourself by going to a mentor and getting around people already doing. That's the biggest thing. Don't try to do it on yourself, but you can, but it's going to take you five times as long to oh. like get, get in that world of other investors that have done hundreds of deals that have been through the battles. 100%. It's like, uh, it's like back in grade school, right? Like you're essentially paying somebody to copy off of their cheat sheet. It's right? a good analogy. So yeah. instead of like going and trying... Or the cliff notes. You got yeah, the, the you got cliff the cliff notes. notes. Instead of failing on your own, you got flips saying, hey, look, I'm showing you what I did wrong, what I did right. This is how I'm crushing it. Yeah. This is how we do it. Yeah. Here it is. And, and you do that and guess what? Before long, you got your first Airbnb, and then the doors just open and it, it moves forward. So we do, we're starting to get back to pop-ups, which okay. is exciting here Very in cool. Arizona. So we do have uh, a pop-ups where we show people like the, the, the deal, the project, the vision before we even start. So we'll lock down the deal, and then we'll invite people out to ask questions, question answers. We'll break down the numbers we paid, and it's it's a great way to learn, guys, and also to network too, because you yeah. never know who you're going to meet at the pop up. Because they're usually a lot smaller than meetups, like 20 people, you know, swing by, and 
it's it's just, that's actually the better yeah so, like my personal opinion i think it's better to go to pop-ups and meetups because at meetups everything's so congested and you've got big names there and everyone's trying to get around the big name right at pop-ups there's one person which is a big name who's hosting the pop-up but then it's more intimate so you can get into conversation you can get into hey how do you do what you do and how can i bring you value so i think pop-ups are actually better yeah definitely definitely so if you guys are in arizona come out to one of our pop-ups we'll be having those once a month now so we're it's it's fun and it's exciting that things are opening up because having that uh pandemic with nothing was like the two-week cut the curve ended up a two-year cut the curve. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. <laughs> it did. It did. But listen, it got me in social media. Like, um, holy cow, Pace is – him and I had lunch at the golf course here, and uh, he's like, Flip, you know everyone in Arizona, but you don't know anyone. So that's how I kind of hopped on social. Yeah. Um, so I opened up an Instagram, and then um, I started doing my Facebook Messenger, and I think – like that first month, I had three deals on Facebook Messenger. I That's was like, awesome. this stuff really works. Like, yeah. So you can't, you always, you're in the business, but you have to stay above it. You have to adjust to the trends, the markets. Obviously, social is, is the way to go. Like, yeah, social. I mean, you see, you see all the great gurus or gurus um, doing it. Like Grant Cardone is amazing at it. Pace is amazing at it. Jamil's amazing. You're amazing. So like... If you're not doing social, you're missing out on money. And you're going to start, like, doing a lot of content. I'm trying, so. yeah. So, like, my content's actually gone up. Uh, I've, I've started paying for a team to help me with it. Uh-huh. And so, like, the editing and all you that stuff. To. You have like, to. Like, why would you want – you could try – again, we're talking about – why would you try to do your edits, do that, spend some money, do what you do best, wholesale – build teams, let the experts do their stuff. And exactly. So that's... Stick to your strength and outsource the rest. Yep. Right? And so, yeah, my my social media is just Tina Luna on Instagram. Actually, all my platforms are just Tina Luna. And, and I just... My thing is like pushing out as much free, good content as possible. Value, value, value. Value, yeah. value driven. And hopefully people learn from it. And, and um, if they want to bring deals, I'm happy to to do deals with people. Absolutely. You know? so. Are you um, in other states or is it all Arizona right now? Mainly Arizona. I did do Texas. I had a flip in California actually with a buddy out there in uh, Joshua Tree. So okay. I only did one flip in California. Shout out to Bryce. We just had Bryce on our uh, podcast six. He's doing a ton of um, Airbnbs, Joshua Tree. Is he really? Yeah, he's killing it out there. Uh, if I figured out a way to capitalize, I should have kept that as an Airbnb because it was in right in Joshua Tree. It was a gorgeous little house. and you, He may have bought it. Did he you, probably... Did you wholesale it or fix no, and flip it? No, I fixed and flipped it. Okay. So, um, but yeah. So, primarily Arizona. Um, I, I do a little bit in Texas. We're, we're going to expand here shortly, but you know this. So, when, when I sent my systems and processes up, I scaled too quickly for where my processes were. So I started in Arizona and then we said, okay, cool, now let's go market in Texas and Florida and California. And we did well, but it was like we were stumbling over ourselves. So then we came back in, brought it back in. Now we're setting up all the systems and processes properly before rescaling again. Digging deep, getting those roots, and then expanding them. That's what I'm personally doing with the Airbnbs. I wanted to go through a couple of years here in Arizona, 
guess what? Now we're moving to other states because we have systems and that's processes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, that's our next step is is scaling and growing, and we'll see what happens in the next six months, but. That's where we're headed next. That's exciting. Yeah. 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 So what have you done Airbnbs? I don't think we've talked about that. I don't. So I want to, and that's the process of like uh, graduating, if you will, in the investment world, at least through my eyes is like, I started wholesaling. I flipped last year. We did 23 houses. That's amazing. 23, Thank your you. first year? Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Our first year. We went really wide and, and um, shout out to Templeton for helping me like source a lot Templeton's of that. a local Arizona guy. Great, great guy. He's amazing. Very knowledgeable. Super knowledgeable. He helped me with financing. And, um, what, what I mean by that is like a lot of our money in 2021 was a hundred percent financing. So it allowed us to scale and do 23 flips, you know, and we weren't so cash heavy on down payments and all that stuff. Um, and then now we're primarily doing and a lot people of watching they're like how do you get 100 percent financing well surround yourselves with templetons of the world the experts who know people who know how to set these things up i've done those before and they work but you have to know where to go to to do that yeah. and that's all networking it's and network it's the network yeah and again i brought templeton value uh, we were selling him a lot of deals in 2021 and then he you know, when it was just a conversation that came up and I didn't, wasn't like asking him for it. I was just, we were talking about flips and he's like, dude, like we do a ton of deals together. Let me line you up with my guy. And that was it. And so, yeah. um, and that's the thing. The network is your net worth, right? Like I can't say that enough. And it sounds like one of those, like, it's funny when you start in business and you hear these like cliche sayings, mm -hmm. they sound super cliche to you. Super but, cheesy, right? Yeah, <laughs> but then when you like take advantage of them and you go through it, uh -huh. then you're like, man, that makes so much sense. Like your network is literally your net worth. Like if you don't network with people, doors just don't open like they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I would say as a wholesaler, um, that personal relationship I'm still kind of old school like if a whole Johnny Williams some of those guys Troy those guys who have now moved on to bigger things but like they were always very relational mm -hmm. so they would you know I they I would be their top guy and the reason they liked me is because I always if I committed to it they knew it was done that's you know? awesome so that was the thing you build that handful of wholesalers they know Flip will do the deal so they don't have to worry about, is it going to close? Am I going to get paid? And uh, There's so much of that right now. I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Sure. And last year, couple, last couple of years was um, the idea of, like, daisy chaining, right? Yep, yep. And um, so that's why, like, that's why I did a lot of deals with Ted. Because you knew he was, he was your go-to pretty much. He was, I knew it's like, if, if I'm going to send it to Templeton, he's going to close it. Like, yeah, same thing with you. Like, get it done. If I send it to you and you say, yes, we sign an assignment... On closing day, nothing funny's going on. Yeah. Everything goes makes, is according. Again, it's relational business, and it makes life so much easier. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, in the next year or two, are you thinking you're going to step into the Airbnb's. short term? Yeah. So, I do have the luxury of understanding creative finance. I think when this shift uh, fully develops. We're going to see a lot of opportunity for creative finance. And so when we start taking down these properties, like the two that we're going to take down out of the ones that are in escrow, they'll probably turn into Airbnbs if 
if they're in Airbnb locations and stuff like that. Because that's one thing I still have to learn, which I'll probably go to you awesome, and your awesome. program, is is understanding what really truly makes an Airbnb. I know location is, is a big thing and close to like hospitals. I've, I When I was a nurse, I used to travel and a lot of them would be Airbnbs. We did, we've done really well traveling nurses during the pandemic. Yeah. And so I know location has a big part of it. So anyway, that's the next step is holding the rentals. Um, and the best disposition strategy for cash flow is Airbnb if you can accomplish it. If not, then traditional renting. So Airbnb is the next step that I want to master. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Because again, with the creative financing too, we talk a lot about arbitrage and creative financing, that's where you don't have to come in with a big down payment and you don't have to actually close on the property. So that's yeah. a good strategy to acquire and scale mm -hmm. um, into the Airbnb business. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So I, I'd love to help you and, you know, show yeah, you once, and we'll, once you're ready. Again, again, value driven, right? I have a bunch of deals that Flip might want to buy um, and somehow we can work together. Yeah. 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 And you always start there. Like, Let's try one deal, see how we work. I've always been a firm believer in, like I know people get excited. Hey, I can provide you, you know, how many deals you want to do this year? I could provide you 30. Let's just try one. Yes. See how we do together. We'll partner, you know, we'll, we'll do that and then move forward from there. And that seems to be the best route. And some of my best business partners, we did that and then we, we grew, you know, together. It's, uh, I learned that actually from paces like that. Uh, he calls it dating for a while. You date, you date, see how you guys do. And then you talk about long-term stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet. So we're going to wrap up, um, Tino, the podcast here. I, one thing I heard you say over and over was uh, being persistent in whatever form of um, real estate investing you're in because, again, it's not – what was that? You said it's not hard. It's not hard. It's very simple business, but it's hard to work. Yeah, that's, that's facts. And um, once you get it, though, I feel like the, the doors, like I, we're talking, the floodgates just – just they open. open. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I think that comes with anything. Like some people will get lucky and get quick success, but um, I'm a firm, I'm a believer. I'm a firm believer in God. And, and so I think that I had a purpose for going 18 months with no deals. Cause now if I do get into the coaching space or whatever, I can show, show people like, Hey, I went 18 months doing this struggling. You don't have to do that. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. So there's a rhyme and reason and a purpose for everything, but, um, and you're still at it. You're, you're probably better than ever. I would probably say you, what, 2022, it's been your biggest year ever. I would imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 2022 has been awesome. Like, Four years in the game. And that's, that's the thing with this. You could, you could once, so you had two years, no, no business. And now you're like, yeah. So 2018 to 2020, no business. 2020 had a good year. 2021 was a, like life-changing for me and and the fact that we had flips we had uh wholesaling so like i had never made that much money but really 2022 like everything came together at least the first seven months that we've been in we've been dominating on door knocking and getting very big spreads and we're still flipping and so um definitely blessed to say that this is our best year ever love it yeah. love it so uh, where can people reach out to you again, Tina? Yeah, so it's just Tina Luna on all platforms, Instagram, Tina Luna, Facebook, Tina Luna. 
I don't work the TikTok as much as I should, but it's Tina Luna. So add me, shoot me a DM, ask me any questions. Are you I'm doing any meetups or anything now? Or? I don't have any meetups yet. Um, I did do a couple free webinars on my social media. Actually, I uh, do you know Ramon Martinez? Yep, yep. Yeah, so Ramon and I and Templeton SoulPod partnered up on a webinar. We had a little over 100 people come out, and we just kind of did the wholesaling 101 okay. for three hours. So we may do more of those. If you follow me on Instagram, I'll put that on my story when, when those come up. But no in-person meetups yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Sweet. Well, I learned a ton. I hope you guys did. This is Cut the Curb, Episode 8 with Tino Luna. Thanks for being my guest, brother. And we'll Appreciate chat. you. Yep. Appreciate you having me on. Awesome, Thank you guys awesome. so much. Hopefully you guys picked up something. Peace.